There are three types of people in this world. Those who think you need to back up SaaS services like Microsoft 365, those who don't, and those who still aren't sure. If what we talk about in this episode doesn't persuade you to back up things like that, I don't know what will. Hi, I'm W. Curtis Preston, AKA Mr. Backup. If you're not familiar with me, I've been fighting the backup fight since my first job in IT over 30 years ago. I've also written four O'Reilly books on the topic. In this episode, you'll hear how Microsoft and Salesforce have both admitted their services need to be backed up. Then we discuss the all important question of whether or not you should use their backup services or a third party. This is an extremely important episode. This is Backup Central's Restore It All. You could restore Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup, and I have with me my used car consultant, Prasanna Maliandi. How's it going, Prasanna? I'm good, Curtis. How are you doing? Well, I can't get rid of my car. I, I, I don't know what to say. I think it's one of those <laughs> love-hate relationships where you sort of fall in love with a car and you think it's amazing and... Everyone else is like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, this is not my first time like buying a new car and then selling my old car uh, person to person. It kills me that my current asking price is lower than what I sold my wife's Honda Fit at, which had Ugh. a little a little bit fewer miles, but a Honda Fit and a Toyota Prius. Those are not equivalent cars. Prius has a loyal following. Yeah. But... The loyalists will buy a Prius. I think a Fit has a wider audience of people who would potentially buy a Fit. So you think that I've lowered my TAM. Is that what you're saying? And it also doesn't help that the new Prius just came out as well. Yeah. Well, yep. we'll see. Um, somebody will buy the dang thing. This is going to be... I'm going to enjoy this episode. You know why I'm going to enjoy this episode, right? Because it's one of your pet peeves. Well, first up, I, I just say like like an overarching thing that I have always said all my career is back up all the things, right? And throughout my entire career, things pop up and people say, this doesn't need to be backed up. <laughs> right? <laughs> can, yep. you, can you think of some of those things? What can you think of like uh, over the years, people have said that don't, doesn't need to be backed up? Well, so way back in the day, virtual machines. Virtual machines, right? Yeah. Um, Those don't the, need file servers. I was, yeah, I was thinking like I was thinking like RAID. That was the first thing I remember. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, what well, we ever done in hard drives? We don't need to back it up. We ever done in hard drives? Um, mm -hmm. How do the redundant hard drives help when you delete a file or drop a table in a Ooh. database? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right, it's like, though. It's like different. There there are different other. Um, I think with VMs, people would say like there were a lot of VMs that didn't need to be backed up, right? Different types of servers, like you're saying, like file servers. Well, when you say file servers, do you mean like NAS? Yes. You know, like like filers. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and that, that one, you know, that one we can sort of, it's like the question is if you have a NetApp, right. And you're mm -hmm. using snapshots and you're using snap mirror and snap vault and all these things. And you've, you've got the data, you've got the history, you've got it replicated to multiple locations. Is that backup? I would kind of say yes. Um, as long as we've got yeah. something to protect from the rolling code uh, problem, yeah. the, the rolling code disaster problem, right? So we got a new version of the new code and it wipes out all the data. The, the thing that's never happened, but the thing that I always worry about, right? Yeah. Um, if you've got a way to deal with that, then I would say that that's backup. Um, what, how about um, like, um, Cassandra and the like. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those, the databases, the multi-node cluster databases where it's like, yeah, data is replicated. Don't need to worry about it. But like you said, Curtis, it's you drop a table. What are you going to do? <laughs> right. People. And I think this is where a lot of people can. Yeah. I was going to say never underestimate the ability of people to do stupid what? stuff. Well, and this is like we, we always talk about, right? I think people confuse availability, mm -hmm. right? And resiliency for backup. Right, right. Right. Where you're protecting sort of the system level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and right next to RAID would be like HA. We've got HA, right? That was the yeah. thing. That was the term back in the day. We've got yep. HA. It's highly available. It's replicated to multiple locations. That's the other one, right? Is a replicated system just in general, not necessarily these multi-node databases, but we've yeah. got a, a active, active, full replication. And, and what's the, what, why, why is that? Why is that? Why do I still want to back that one up? Because like you said, even if you drop a table that gets replicated over because that's what yeah. those systems do. It, it makes your <laughs> stupidity more effective. <laughs> Right. Or, or a hack, right. Or, or, or a cyber attack, yeah. uh, or, you know, some kind of something that attacks the data on a logical basis, yep. right. Logical as opposed to physical. Right. Um, I'm trying to think what else before we get to the topic at hand. Yes. Yeah. So what the other, other one systems, I think the other thing that people kind of going along with clustered, uh, databases, Kubernetes. Yeah, that was going to be my next right. one too. Right, like, it's oh, like, it's, oh. A, it's ephemeral. It's um, <laughs> you know, we don't need to yeah, back it. You up. probably still need to back that. Yeah, or yeah. yeah, Kubernetes. The other one I was also thinking is just like public cloud, right? Infrastructure, right? Your own applications yeah. hosted on the public cloud. Yeah, well, let's well let's let's talk about that one next. Let's talk about the Kubernetes thing. The thing with Kubernetes, well, well, Docker, right? Containers, like if we just look at containers. Historically, originally, they were meant to be ephemeral. That they were, they were, yep. they were not meant to to have data originally. And I remember being told when I, you know, whenever I, when when a new thing comes up, my ears perk up, and I'm like, how do we back this thing up? And I remember asking <laughs> people that knew Docker, uh, how do I back this thing up? Right? <laughs> and their answer was, you know, I'm like, well, there's got to be data. And basically, what they said back then was that if your containers had permanent data in them, you're doing it wrong. 
That was that was what it was <laughs> yep. back in the day. That has absolutely changed, right? Yep. So now now we need to know two things. One, how to back up like dot the Docker and Kubernetes configuration, and then also yep, the how to back up the 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 actual data. Somebody, yep. I, I think it was actually Stephen Manley that we had on the show that that said things like that. It's a pretty boring application that doesn't have any data. Yep. <laughs> right. Does that sound like it's something true. Stephen would say? Yeah. Yeah. That would be something Stephen would say. <laughs> yeah. Like like any any application that is worth anything is going to have data attached to it. Um, yeah. And yes, theoretically, I suppose you could have a database that's not in in a container being used by something that's in a container. But in and that which way, fine. the database, which is fine. And but that database would then be protected via whatever mechanisms, right? Yeah. But still, you still need to back up the need database. to protect yeah. the configurate. You need to protect the configuration, right? Yeah. Uh, but the but the one you just brought up, though, the the public cloud. Yeah, the public cloud. I, I, I've never been able to. Do you say I ask? What do you say? Like I a a s. It's not pronounceable yeah, as I a word ask. and it sounds yeah. weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> infrastructure so yeah, as so a service. Yep. Infrastructure as a service. Um, and th this is what this is the one to, to me that's the easiest to to shoot down, if you will. Right. Because if you talk to anyone at AWS, they will go, yes, you absolutely have to back this up. Right. <laughs> it's unequivocal. It's in the documentation. They're like, make sure you back it up. Make sure you put it in another region, put it in another account. This is proper backup configuration. If you if you just have an EC2 instance, for example, nothing is happening with that host from a backup and recovery perspective unless you do it on purpose. There are other things yep. in AWS, such as RDS, that has default backups built into it. But even those, you need to do something more than default, more than the default, because a hack of the account could delete yeah. everything, right? Um, yeah. I have. Do you agree with the point that that one's relatively easy to shoot down? People that think that you don't need to back up the public cloud. I know it happens a lot. Yeah. Y yes. I especially. I think. And I think people are now realizing that they have to. I think the challenge becomes how do you do it? Because there are a variety of ish, uh, ways you could do it. Like you mentioned, right? Depending on what AWS service or cloud service you use, maybe it has built-in backup, maybe it has APIs, maybe it doesn't have anything at all. And so you need to sort of pull data out in other ways and back it up. Some, right. uh, the other thing I was also thinking, like if I think about like one of the common things I heard is like, hey, with AWS S3, right? Object storage, you don't need to back it up, right? Because right. it's sort of depending on what you pick, it's replicated between multiple availability zones within a region, you could replicate it out to a separate region as well. But then that's not good enough, like you said, because you can delete it, the deletions propagate, right? But that's where AWS introduced like versioning, right? So you can have right. versions of objects that you can keep track of. So that kind of becomes your backup. Yeah, it, it's basically the cloud version of the NetApp thing that we talked about earlier, right? Like, yeah. so a lot of people, due to yep. both the versioning and the multi-zone replication, um, and also features like um, write locking, 
or, or de, what's the actual term? Object lock. That, yeah, object lock. Thank you. Um, that you can you can protect yourself against an awful lot with built-in S3. That's why a lot of people um, don't. Most people don't back up their S3. S3 doesn't make it easy to back up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know because I used to work at a company that was trying to do that, and it was it wasn't <laughs> easy. Um, the um, do you want to throw out our disclaimer? Yeah, throw out our disclaimer. Yeah. Uh, so this is an independent podcast. This is uh, Prasan and I bloviating about backup and recovery and related topics. And uh, the opinions that you hear are ours, not our employers. I mean, they may be not necessarily our employers, I think would be the official term. And, um, you know, if if you like us, rate us. If you hate us, I need something that rhymes. Uh, you know, if <laughs> you... If you like us, go to go to your favorite, you know, podcatcher and uh, give us some stars and comments. We love the comments. Uh, you know, oh, if you hate us, don't rate us. That's what it is. If you hate us, don't rate us. Um, and um, if you uh, would like to join the conversation, we'd love to hear from you. I am at WC Preston on Twitter. I am now W. Curtis Preston on threads. Uh, LinkedIn.com slash IN slash MR backup. So, um, or, or W Curtis Preston Gmail, you can reach me any one of those ways and I will, uh, be happy to get you, get you on the podcast. Uh, but what about the topic at hand that's going to allow us to say, I told you so. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing that we did not talk about so far is SaaS applications. Yeah. Right. So like Google workspaces or Microsoft 365 or Salesforce all of these applications which you are putting your data into, they provide all the infrastructure, the application, and you just use the service. Yeah, and unlike the previous things that we talked about, there seems to be, again, me based on having argued the same exact point for the last 30 years, but just against different things, it seems to me that um, in the case of SaaS, I get much stronger arguments against. Have you have you seen that? Yeah, it's like, oh, they're providing everything. Why should I care about this? And I know, Curtis, you yeah. and I just even looking at consumer SaaS, right? We yeah. you, you did your experiment, right, with iCloud, Apple's iCloud, right? And how do you back it up? I would say that's a SaaS service, right? And right. yet there weren't many good ways to back it up. And as we talked about, right, there are issues with keeping all that data there being locked out of your account or just yeah, losing and, the data. And how do you actually take a backup of it? Yeah. And 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 with the iCloud, if you have a phone, you have an iPhone. Oh, you're. Hang on. I didn't hear anything okay. you just said. I got. I got um what what did you just say? <laughs> oh, I was just saying about how with iCloud right you basically you're responsible for backing it up, right? That there if you get locked out of your account, right? You basically lose access to the data and they don't make it easy right. to back it up. A lot of people are moving to SaaS because they don't want to administer let's say Exchange anymore. They don't want the hassle of 
everything that came with the ministering exchange, one of which was backup. And so, and they may have been sold a bill of goods somewhere along the way by somebody that said, well, if you, if you go to 365 or whatever, then you don't have to worry about backup either. We handle backup, right? Except they don't. There's nothing in the, in the um, terms of service that say backup and restore. Um, there are actually occasional parts in the documentation that use the word restore. You can restore files that you've deleted. You can restore emails that you've deleted, but it's not really a restore. It's really just pulling it out of essentially a recycle bin. Yeah. Um, there, there is a slightly fancier recycle bin. They, they do have this concept of retention, uh, retention uh, features, right? But as we previously talked in previous episodes, the retention uh, policies can actually be as harmful as, uh, <laughs> you know, not having them because there is a story about KPMG accidentally deleting a whole bunch of data using retention policies. Oof. So they're trying to use retention policies to retain data and they actually accidentally deleted, deleted data on 150,000 employees and there is no back button, yeah. right? Uh, luckily, and I think they were under regulatory. Yeah, I, but I think it was under regulatory obligations as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, and so given all of that, what persona, what, pray tell, happened in the last week or so that would allow me to say, I told you so? <laughs> so I ran across an article by Chris Meller on the register called Microsoft Intros User Content Backup for Microsoft 365. So it yeah. looks like Microsoft has finally come around and they are now doing native user content backups. My question would be, Persona, why does something that doesn't need backup need backup? <laughs> yeah. They've had a change of heart. Here's what I think happened. The Microsoft 365 backup market got big enough. Yep. And they said on a meeting someday, did you know that currently there are a hundred million people? Cause they will have the data, right? Yeah. They will know exactly how many users are using third-party backup and recovery. And they're like, we have a hundred million users that are using third-party backup at an average of, let's say, $3 a user, that's $300 million a month that should be ours. Yeah. And so they said, let's bring the service out. Yeah. I think the other thing, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I know that with how Microsoft does their APIs, right, mm -hmm. that there's usually limitations placed when you're doing backups. Right, because mm -hmm. you're basically mm -hmm. calling the same set of APIs to pull the data out right. as a backup vendor, right? right? And so there are certain limitations in terms of the number you could do and how quickly. And so maybe they've also decided to sort of centralize a lot of that into a single place to make it more efficient for these backup operations. I kind of go back and think about VMware, right? When they were like, hey, backup teams, why don't you guys just use whatever APIs are out there? And then they sort of were like, okay, no, we need to create the right backup specific APIs for VMware so it can be more optimized and targeted for backup use cases, which is very different than your standard 
normal use case, right? So maybe you Microsoft know, came around. That's a really good point, Persona. I actually hadn't thought about that, that this release of this or impending release of backup for Microsoft 365 perfectly coincides with the release of the backup APIs, which are now um, uh, available, available to other vendors right, for right? use. Yeah. Right. Because for, for those that didn't know this, Microsoft didn't have backup APIs. Yeah. Right. Basically, in order to back up 365, you had to basically pretend to be a person <laughs> accessing 365 via the OWA, the Outlook Web uh, Access. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that. Right. Because there were no APIs. <clears throat> so the only API they had was the well, one that. There was no backup specific APIs. Well, right. No backup specific APIs. The the APIs that were available were accessing uh, Outlook and whatnot via the web. It was called OWA. And so backup vendors basically, I don't think reverse engineer might be a strong term. They were available, but they just weren't optimized, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, but within the last year or so, Microsoft has come out with these specific APIs that are designed for backup. And then lo and behold, they said, we think we're going to get into the backup game. (laughs) I can think of a better parallel to this than Hmm. VMware. Can you? Oracle? Can you think of it? No, no. Can you think of another cloud vendor that decided to get into the backup business? Oh, AWS? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yep, AWS right. and their AWS backup service. Yeah. Now, that one's a little bit different in that they don't charge for AWS backup. They just charge for what it does, right? Yeah. But they decided to just sort of make it easier for people to create backups of their services without necessarily having to go to a third-party backup. Yeah. In this case, it looks like 365 will be charging for this service. And I just want to say I told you so. That's all I'm saying. I just want to say that... Microsoft has validated all of us screaming out here in the rain going, hey, why is anybody backing this stuff up? Now Microsoft's go. We can make money at this. We're going to back this stuff up. The other parallel to this is what happened with Salesforce. Yep. Right? Um, and, and this uh, this story is a lot weirder though, right? So Salesforce used to have their um, their... I forgot what they called it, but they had this service that you didn't pay for where they were backing up Salesforce and you only paid for it if you needed to do a restore. Yeah. And it was, it was $10,000. It took like four to six weeks to get your data back. And there was no guarantee. Yeah. No guarantee. And they gave you a bunch of CS fees. And at one point they came out and they said, um, you know what? This service, this is my, this is my paraphrasing. Of course, we decided this service is so horrible. We're not going to offer it anymore. Right. Like yep. who would want to pay for that? The, the, the service level was so low. Uh, it just doesn't match the needs for our customers. And then what happened was there were a whole bunch of customers who were counting on that. They were hoping they never needed it, but they were counting on it. And they were telling vendors like, you know, uh, my previous employer, to uh, they say we don't need you know we don't need you because if the 
you know, feces hits a rotary oscillator, we will just pay this $10,000 yeah. and um, be done. And we know it'll suck, but at least we don't yeah. have to pay for something we don't need. And then they came back and they were like, yep, we're going to bring it back into business. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. So they brought that back because so many people. Yeah. But but then but then they actually came out with a service like Microsoft 365 is doing with backup. My understanding is they released it. It wasn't very good. I, this is this is a total paraphrase based on, you know, random stuff that I read. And I don't really know how true life is. But my understanding is they, they came out with it. They unreleased it, the commercial product that you actually mm. pay for. They released it. They unreleased it. And I believe they released it again. Okay. So that now there's a service that you can pay Salesforce and Salesforce back up. Let me ask you a question, Prasanna. What do you think from a generic perspective? This isn't Microsoft or Salesforce. What do you think about paying vendor A to back up vendor A? So I go back and forth on this, right? <laughs> so on the one hand, I'd rather not have all my eggs in one basket. Right. It depends on how vendor A is doing the backup. Like if it's like, okay, you're going to pull the data out and you'll let me put it into, say, like I could pull it out of Microsoft and write it to an AWS S3 bucket. Right. Like right. That would be a little less concerning, right? Rather than, okay, as Microsoft, I'm going to pull your data out and I'm going to throw it into Azure Blob and you don't get any control of anything. Right. Right. So that's where I get a little queasy because it's like, how can you verify, validate that they're not screwing things up? And at the same time, though, the other part of me from a technology side says they're the best people to build this because they can actually work with the internal developers, know the secret sauce, optimize it better than anyone else who's trying to reverse engineer things from the outside. I'm pretty sure you know that I'm much more the former than the yeah, latter. Yeah, I know. Right. I'm just going to say OVH Cloud. Just keep saying that over, over and over. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, they were the. This happened a couple of years ago, and they were. Uh, they they still are uh, the largest cloud provider headquartered in Europe, and they had a giant data center fire. And it turns out that the backup system, which people were paying for, was stored in the same place as the data that it was protecting. And so people lost backups and there's a big class action lawsuit. I don't know what happened to it. So I'm generally not yeah. a fan. I understand, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, because so on one hand, I'd say, yes, they are the, the best at, let's say Microsoft 365. They will know it better than anybody else. What they don't necessarily know, and clearly history has proven this right, they don't necessarily know anything about backup. And yeah. that's the so, only thing I care about. So here's another argument I have too, right? It's for people who aren't backing up today, they now get backup, right? Which is better than nothing. Something is better than nothing. Yeah. And I would also say the way that they're doing things, because it looks like they're still allowing you to bring your own third party to back up that data as well. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think if you do want that safety, like I think they have the best of both worlds. Right. They've provided an API layer. So if you do want to bring your own third party backup, you can do that. For people who aren't backing things up, now you have a solution that is built into the product. You don't need to go procure something separately and manage and worry about it. But I think the one thing we should talk about, though, Curtis, is what do you think are the questions that customers should be asking Microsoft to really figure out 
Is this going to meet their needs or not? Three, two, one rule, man. Three, two, one rule. That's all I got to throw out. I mean, you know, it's been a while since we've said that phrase. I think the, the question is, you know, how is this data being stored? How is it being protected against something that would take out whatever data center is hosting my particular, uh, what would you call Exchange it? Instance mailbox. A 365, yeah. right? Um, how is it protected against a ransomware attack? that would directly target my account. If somebody gains, I think about one worry that I would have is whether or not the backup system is administered by the same yeah. administrative console as the 365. I would hope not because of, it, you know. It probably right? is though, maybe, but, but maybe is, it's based, but maybe it's based on roles, right? So maybe they are providing an RBAC system. Well, I hope they're providing an RBAC system, but you know, at the top of the RBAC system is, at the top of that is going to be like cloud admin or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, if somebody gains access, they can do whatever they want. Uh, I hope that it's a separate system. This is why I go back to how good are they at, you know, backup design? How good are they at, at, at compartmentalization, um, and, separation of powers and all that? And how good are they going to be in an ongoing fashion, right? Because right. features are going to change, backup landscape and the threat actors are going to change as well. So are they going to be focused on investing into keeping up with their backup offering? Or are they going to be like, hey, we have something out there that kind of checks the box, if you will. And yeah. really, we're going to go build out the rest of Microsoft 365. Yeah, I, I hope. Um, and we should we should look into this once it actually comes out. I hope that it's essentially a completely separate service, like, you know, pick your favorite way to back up 365, that it has a separate authentication and authorization system, you know. Um, I doubt that, though. I, I doubt what? that. I doubt I that it will have a completely too. separate. Gonna, you know what? It's going to be all it's going to be all administered by Azure. No, not AD. called Azure AD anymore. What's it called now? Entra. You know what? I'm going to log into X and talk about how <laughs> stupid I think renaming things are. <laughs> X. <laughs> my my man, my man Elon can make a nice car, but I don't know what he's doing over there with that with that company. Um, sorry, I digress. But hopefully, but, like you said, when they do, when we do find out more information about what the service offers, we will do an updated episode. Yeah, I think we should do that for that and also for the Salesforce thing. But yeah, the summary statement is, I told you so, Microsoft 365, Google Workspace, Salesforce, pick your favorite product, uh, you know, Jira. The, if, if, it's, if it is a service that is creating and storing data that your company needs, that stuff needs to be backed up. Yep. The, the only question is, how is it being backed up? Yep. In, in most cases, there's either no backup at all, like none, or um, like in the case of 365, they do have a delayed replicated copy of Exchange that will be used if like the OVH fire happens. For right? Microsoft's purposes. 
for Microsoft's purposes. And I have verified with them as a Microsoft customer, I have verified with them that we cannot get access to that delayed replicated copy. Yeah. So there may be some backups like that that are used if the entire data center is it goes up in a you know conflagration, <laughs> but there's nothing that you can use for, let's say, a ransomware attack, which is yeah. probably much more likely. Um, or there's no backup whatsoever. Like they just back up the configuration, but not your data. Yeah. Because the shared responsibility sa model says that the data is your responsibility anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just, you know, I'll just, I'll, you know, I think we'll end here with saying, talk to your vendors, right? Talk to them and ask them, how is the data being backed up? How would you respond after let's say a ransomware attack, somebody gains administrative control of your account and deletes all your data. How would you get that data back? That's that, that, that one question. And you know, a, a rogue admin gains administrative control over my account and deletes the account. How do I get it back? Yep. The answer to that question should determine what you do next. Yep. Any debate there? No. Okay. I agree. Sometimes you, Sometimes you like to argue with me. I know. I've gotten better. Have you noticed? <laughs> at, at arguing with me? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's annoying. <laughs> just, 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 you know, just admit I'm right with everything. And uh, basically the same thing I tell my wife. Um, That's not what our listeners want to hear, Curtis. <laughs> uh, you know, if you're out there and you think that, that I am off my rocker, uh, I quite possibly may be, but, um, you know, reach out to me and, um, we'll get you, we'll get you on the thing. But all I want to say is I was right. And I told you so, <laughs> but anyway, well, thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging out again, persona as always. And good luck with the car. Thanks. And, uh, yeah, good luck getting rid of that thing. Um, and, uh, again, thanks to our listeners. Be sure to subscribe so that you can restore it all. You could restore